Ladies and gentlemen, get to your feet. It's Father's Day 2020, and we are here to worship God. The Word of God says, God commanded me to prophesy to the bones. And I ask God, can these bones live? How many of you believe today that dry bones can rise up and be a mighty army of God? How many of you believe today that we ought to rattle this house for the glory of God? Today we need you, PCA. We want all of heaven to hear you rattle. We want all of hell to begin to shake and quiver. Why? Because this church is rattling the praises of God today. Put your hands together and let's worship. Saturday was silent. Surely it was through. Since when has impossible ever stopped you? Come on. You believe that today? Here we go. Friday's disappointment. Sunday's empty too. It's when has impossible ever stopped
Hallelujah. Man, you're doing great on Father's Day. If you're not ready for this, watch out. Man, you got to get those hands together. Here we go. Yes. 
in this house. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Give him all the praise. Rattle a little bit in this house. Thank you, God, for Father's Day. Hallelujah. Amen. We want you to go around and shake everybody's hand that wants to. If you do not feel comfortable, you do not have to. We started this again last week. But if you want to go around and shake somebody's hand, you're welcome to. Greet somebody. If you see somebody you don't know, welcome them. We want our guests to be welcomed in three areas. Welcomed here by us, welcomed by the Holy Spirit, and they got to come back. Amen? So go around and shake hands as we lead you in this good, good father thing before you uh, do this. Uh, popular features of Father's Day, dad jokes. Are you ready? You don't sound ready. Try it again. Try it one more time. A skeleton walks into a restaurant and says to the waiter, oh, waiter, bring me a Coke and a mop. Boom. It gets worse. I was going to tell a time-traveling joke, but you guys didn't like it. What did the janitor say when he jumped out of the closet? Supplies! 
I'm from Oklahoma. It says in a British accent. I don't think I can do that, <clears throat> but I'll try. How does the moon cut his hair? Eclipse it. Singing in the shower is fun until you get soap in your mouth. And then it's a soap opera. I'm so good at sleeping, I can do it with my eyes closed. This is an English joke told by an Oklahoman. Dear math, grow up and solve your own problems. If April showers bring Mayflowers, what do Mayflowers bring? Pilgrims. Why do seagulls fly over the sea? Because if they flew over the bay, we'd call them bagels. I used to play piano by ear. Then I started using my hands. I asked my dog what two minus two is. He said nothing. You want to know what the best thing about Switzerland is? I don't know, but the flag, it's a big plus. Okay, tell me something. If your kid refuses to take a nap, are they resisting arrest? So I thought the dryer was shrinking my clothes, but come to find out it's a refrigerator. What do you call it when a snowman throws a tantrum? A meltdown. So those were the Father's Day jokes. I didn't hear that many jokes about fathers. So I came prepared. When I grew up, I had a rough, I tell you. My dad, he was cheap when I was a kid. He refused to even buy me deodorant. He said, you got mouthwash after you gargle with it, lick your own armpits. That's cheap. And he wasn't one of these huggy, feely, touchy kind of dads. He, he gave me these subtle hints he didn't even want me around that much. I was the only kid in my whole neighborhood that took my allowance and traveler's checks. And was he tough? He was tough on me, I tell you. One day in the fall, he came home on Friday evening. He said, hey, son, how would you like to go hunting this week? And I said, sure, Dad, I'm game. He shot me right on the spot. That's a tough dad. I love you, Dad. By the way, uh, in a few days, my father turns the big 8-0. Give him a big hand. Fortunately, he was about 50 years old when he had me. I just figured I'd make the mathematics easy on you guys. Listen, we're getting ready to receive the Lord's tithe and your offering. I was thinking about Father's Day and our Heavenly Father. I don't know about you. You ever have a hard time figuring out what to get your dad for Father's Day? I, 
I have a hard time with that a lot of times. But I thought about the nature of who our Heavenly Father is. And it doesn't take too long if you pay attention to what he says in his word to us, what you need to get our Heavenly Father. John chapter 1 says, from the very beginning before there was time, there was Jesus the Word and the Word was with God. In the Garden of Eden, it said, before mankind invited the sin condition into creation, and the fellowship was perfect between us and God. Here's the sum total of what God wanted to him. He just showed up and he was just with them. Just with them. On the night that Jesus went to the cross, he prayed this great benedictory concluding prayer to his entirety of time here on earth. He said, Father, here's everything we wanted and hoped for. In one simple sentence, this entire mission of why I took on human form, why I had to live as they lived so I could, we could empathize with them at a personal level, why I'm making this supreme sacrifice to pay with my own life's blood for this new covenant. Here it is, so that they may be one and be with us as you and I are one. The best gift you can give our Heavenly Father is to be with Him continually in your life. In every area of your life. You ever have good relations and even good friends, and but there's maybe one thing you hardly ever discuss with them, and that's your stuff, your money. And that's fine. It's just maybe some things should be kept private, but that's part of what we do right now. We even open our money to our Heavenly Father. He knows what He's enabled us to do. He knows what's there, and it's... Us saying to God, God, we invite you even into this really most private area of our lives. We invite you in. Take it over. Are you ready to make that example to God this morning? Come on, ushers, as we pray. Heavenly Father, you are a good, good God. In fact, you're the one and only perfect Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord, that you always supply and provide for us. You always protect us. You always deliver us. You're there for us every moment, every breath we take into our being. You are there. Father God, because of that great love, that great provision, that great protection, we honor you in this moment. We honor you with not only all that we are, but all that we have. Thanks for trusting us with your tithe. Here's the best of our offerings. Take it now into your hand and do something that only you can do. Touch someone we could never touch on our own. Change someone's circumstance by what they hear through the preaching of your word and the blessings of your kingdom and then continue to bring a miracle harvest to us so that we may continue to be a blessing to those around us. We thank you for what you do right now in the name of your almighty son Jesus. And it's by his spirit we pray these things. Amen.
Okay, dads, let's go ahead and get started, guys. Now, some of you have already let me know how uncomfortable you were in last week's meeting. So tonight, we're going to try to respect each other's boundaries. What? Tonight, we've also got a guest with us, David. And would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Um, hey, guys. I'm David. David. What's up, David? How many kids do you have, David? None. At least not at the moment. Uh, my wife is pregnant, and uh, she should be delivering any day now. That's great. So Super. Cool. Oh, great. Awesome. Who'd like to go first? Anyone. Anyone. I'll go. Perfect. Todd? Yes. My daughter and I went to the mall, and she said she wanted to take the stairs to the second level. And I said, I don't trust stairs because they're always up to something. <laughs> Todd, I'm sorry that happened. Okay. Yeah. I encourage you to try to resist the urge to make jokes like that. Yeah. My turn? Okay. Can I go? Okay. Yesterday, actually, my daughter got home and she asked me how my day was. And I said, well, a guy tried to sell me a coffin, but that's the last thing I need. Oh, Jerry, that joke was dead on arrival. Because it's the last thing I need. David, how about you? Oh, I, I didn't, I didn't say this. This is a safe zone. Just jump on in. Yeah, I, I'm, I guess I'm just scared of being a dad. I'm afraid I'm gonna start telling bad jokes just like my dad. Well, it might be in our nature. We can fight against it. Hey, speaking of nature, I tried to catch some fog yesterday. I missed. <laughs> M-I-S-T. Oh, You're a monster. I, this is where the boundary is. I'm done. This is where you are. Hello? Really? Okay, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I'll be right there. That was Julie. Her water just broke. I guess the baby finally ran out of womb. <laughs> I'm gonna be a dad. Don't you think you should be going? Oh, yeah. So I told my wife she drew her eyebrows too high. She seemed surprised. Oh, dads are known for their jokes. But being a father is no joke. Being a dad is no joke. And so today, thank you for being here on Father's Day. Thank you so much for, man, didn't those guys do an awesome job? That all-man leading the worship, they did awesome. Amen. Stand with me this morning and take these Bibles and rattle them around a little bit. Let all of hell know we're about ready to hear the Word of God. It will never return void. I love that part, don't you? Repeat this after me. Thy Word, Thy word. is a lamp. Unto my feet. Thy word is a light unto my path. Thy word will I hide in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Lord, help me every day to read thy word. Lord, help me every day to live thy word. I love thy word. And dear Lord, bless our Father. Amen. You may be seated. I was thinking about Father's Day. 
And I've been to a lot of Father's Day messages in my time to where it seems like dads just get beat up on all the time. I never wanted to have a message on Father's Day that beat up on the dads. I want to have a message on Father's Day that builds up dads because we have a lot on our shoulders. We have a lot of weight that we carry. And so today I thought I would make it all about this right here, the gears in our life. Guys, we got a lot of gears turning in our lives. Sometimes our minds can't slow down because we have all these things that are turning in our minds and in our lives. And we've got to make sure they're all working together because if you get gears out of uh, sequence, man, things get frozen. Things get free and it just makes a mess. They seize up. And sometimes in our lives, if we're not careful, there are certain areas that will seize up in our lives. And so today I want to talk about these gears because dad's lives are all about gears and trying to keep all these gears turning properly at the same time so that everything runs smoothly in our lives. And so I was thinking about these gears and if you look at the gears and a lot of the men know more about this than I do but I know a little bit. But this today is going to be our output gear because you've got to have an output gear that starts everything. The output gear then hooks into the input gears and everything else revolves around this, the output gear. Men, today you are the output gear. You are the one that keeps and starts everything going in the family. Sometimes uh, if you're a mom or a lady or a spouse, sometimes you may think that it's all about you making it. But the Word of God says, no, it's all about the men. The men are the head of the house. The men are the output gear. The men keep this thing running smooth. A lot of responsibility. And so the, what you have is you have all these gears. You have an output gear, input gears. And then you have what is called a speed or a gear ratio. And the way you figure that out is you count the, you count the teeth on the output gear. So let's count them. Would you count them with me? You ready? Here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. 30 teeth on the output gear. What you do is you take that number 30, you divide it by the number of teeth on the input gear. So let's count these teeth. You ready? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. So 30 divided by 17 will then give you the gear ratio. The gear ratio, 30 divided by 17, 1.764. So for every time this output gear turns one time, this input gear is turning 1.764 times, almost one and three quarters turns. And so what we have is that, men, when we make one movement in our life, it sets off a whole lot of movement in everybody else's lives. But when this output gear stops, everything freezes up. So it's important, men, that we keep our lives running smoothly, running in the right gear. When we first got married, my wife did not know how to drive a stick shift. She's like, don't tell this story, but I'm telling it because it's Father's Day. 
And so I had to teach her how to drive a stick shift in the parking lot of a mall. And, and even though she got really good at it, we'd be driving down the road and we'd be going about 70 miles an hour in this little sports car. And then all of a sudden she thought, oh, it says still in second gear. She had pushed the clutch in, shove it up into third. How many know what happens when you shove it into third when you're going about 70? Well, we would nosedive. I would almost hit the windshield. And I'm like, what are you doing? She said, I thought it was still in seconds. And I wanted to go to third. I said, it won't go that fast in seconds. We've got to know when to shift gears in our life and know not to downshift too quickly because if we do, we're going to have the whole family right in our laps. We've got to be careful. We've got to make sure that we have all of our lives in the right gear at the right time. Sometimes you need to go slow. Sometimes you need to go fast. Sometimes you just need to kind of take it easy. But whatever gear you're in, make sure it's the right gear for you and your family. And then there's an important part to all the gears. It's called a harmonic balancer. I mean, you know what a harmonic balancer is. A harmonic balancer, it takes all these gears and makes sure there's not too much vibration. Vibration. So it minimizes the vibration of the gears as they are turning. And it keeps harmony and balance. If you ask my family what's the number one word in my life besides God, they're going to tell you he's all about balance. Balance, balance, balance. You've got to balance your life. There have been times my life has been out of balance. I put too much focus on this not enough focus on this. There's been times when I was in the ministry, I put all my energy into the church. I was pastoring into all the things we were doing. All men busy, 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 busy. And my family got out of balance. I had to fix that. I had to all of a sudden downshift, slow down, get this harmony back into balance. Because guys, we've got to make sure we keep our job balanced with our family, our family balanced with our church, our church balanced with all of our free time and all of our hobbies and all those things. I love to play golf. There was a time where I played too much golf. I wasn't spending enough time with my family. So all these things, guys, we've got a lot going on up here. There's a lot of gears turning. There's a lot of things we have to figure out. How in the world are we going to keep all of this in balance? Because if it gets out of balance, how many men can feel the torsional vibration in the house when everything's not in balance? I mean, things start to get a little shaky. Things start to get noisier when you're out of balance. What's wrong? I don't know. There's something out of balance. All of a sudden, the lubricity is not enough. We need to make sure we're in balance and harmony. And we need the lubricity, the oil. You know how that oil comes in there? It reduces friction. How many of you know sometimes in your marriage, man, you need to reduce the friction? Am I the only guy that's ever had friction in their marriage? I've had some torsional vibration going on. Yeah. It gets a little noisy whenever you don't have that. You know, there's times in your marriage, there's times in your life where everything is just running so smooth. Isn't that nice? I mean, your job's going great. Your boss is complimenting you. You come home and your wife and your kids give you hugs and kisses and, and you're going, and man, you can't hit a bad shot on the golf course and everything you do is just going awesome. And then there's times to where one thing, one little thing gets out of whack and then everything just 
comes to a halt. I want to talk about that because if we do not have that, that lubricity, that reducing of that friction between the two adjoining forces, you're going to have catastrophic event in your life. I've seen it happen. I've almost had it happen in my life. I thank God that the oil of the Holy Spirit came in and helped bring uh, all of that back into harmony. But we need to have harmony where all the gears are working together. And so I want us to have harmony in our home, men. I want to tell you how to do that today. You may go, You're, you, you know everything? Not everything, but I know a lot. I didn't get all these gray hairs just by not knowing anything. You've got to, number one, love God. Love God, love God, love God. If you don't have God as your harmonic balancer, you're never going to have everything working right. just not going to happen. You've got to keep that priority. Love God first with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. Love God. Sell out to God in every area of your life. And then love your wife. Love your wife. I mean, above all else, I have seen men love their kids more than they love their wives. Don't do it. One day the kids are going to be gone. You're going to be stuck with her. What? I mean, then you get the privilege of just being you two again. And you better make sure you have taken care of that relationship during the years you've had kids. Love your wife. She was the one who gave you these children. Love her. Lift her up. And love your children. We are in a society today where kids need love. And they need love from their fathers. They need love from men. Men need to show their sons how to be men. Men need to show their daughters that their fathers love them. I, I talked to a lot of grown women and one of their number one members in their life growing up was when they had that relationship with their father. Yeah. When dad did something. I remember that time when dad and I, we just sat on the sofa and watched the show together. When dad spent some time with me. Me and you are so important. And God has designed the homes to have a father and a mother. And today, if you're in a home where it does not have a father and a mother, and you're having to be both, I have found God can help you to be both. I have found that to be true. I've seen men do it with their families just by themselves. I've seen women do it with their families. They're both mother and father. It can be done. But God has initially designed a home to have a mother and a father. And they both have different gears and different things they bring to the relationship. I found that mothers, they bring a lot of nurturing into a relationship and a lot of intimacy with their children and with their husband, a lot of nurturing, a lot of intimacy. And us fathers, us men, we bring to the relationship values. This is how I believe. This is what I believe. We bring values into our home and we bring decision making into our homes. Our kids need to see us live out our values in our homes. Dad should not be different on Sunday than he is on Monday. Dads should not be different in their decision making. We need to teach our children to take the word of God, make decisions. And these two gears, they complement each other when they are in harmony. Men today, we, we've got to get back to the role of being leaders and lovers. That's what Ephesians 6 tells us to be. Leaders to our wives, leaders to our children, and love our wives and love our children. Love them. Keep that relationship oiled up. 
It'll benefit your home. Men today, they have to be everything. We're the output gear. We, you ladies expect us to be plumbers. Not all of us are plumbers. You expect us to be electricians. We come home. Honey, there's something wrong with the lights. I don't know. You need us to be mechanics. I've always told you, if you see me with the hood up on the car and wrenches in my hand, stop me. But you ladies think we can fix everything. And some men, including me, somehow we think we can fix everything. Okay, baby, I'll open up that big panel in the garage. I don't know what's in there, but there's a lot of different buttons to push. I think I'll stick my hand. No, don't do that. You want us to solve every problem? You want us to be the highest level of romantics? You want us to be snake killers? Sometimes you ladies need to kill the snakes, okay? First one sees it, kills it. That's all I'm saying. I don't know why I got to kill the snakes. Any men with me on this, say amen. All right, that's what I thought. We got to kill all the spiders. We got to kill all the bugs. We got to kill everything. Honey, there's a spider. Kill it. How big is it? I'm not killing a thing. We have to be superheroes in every area of our life. And that's a lot to put on us. Not only that, we have to do voices. When we read our kids' books, my kid's like, Daddy, do the voice. Hello, everybody. How are you today? Today we're going to read about Rover. And there's a monster at the end of this book. Oh, I've read that book so many times in that voice. Oh, my goodness. We've got to do voices of all kinds. My granddaughter's now into voices. She does Italian. Here's her Italian. Hello, my name is Amario. That's all she's got. You expect us to mow the yards, wash the cars, be expert grillers? Not every man's a griller. Just because we're a man doesn't mean we can grill. We have to diagnose illnesses of all kinds with our kids. What do you think's wrong with them, honey? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. We have to also diagnose the pets. Honey, there's something wrong with the dog. What do you think? And we also have to be the disciplinarians. We just come home, get in the house. Honey, kill the kids. What? What do they do? I don't know. Just kill them. I told them you'd kill them when you got home. We got a lot going on, dads. And then a lot of times men get their self-worth from their net worth. We got to figure out how much we're worth by what kind of house we're living in, what kind of cars and trucks are in the driveway, how many RVs do we have, how many golf carts, how many, you know, four-wheelers and boats and all that. Men, we don't get our self-worth from our net worth. We get our self-worth from God. God. And God has said, men, you are precious in my eyes, and I'm going to be right there. I'm a father, too. I know what you're going through. I know what you're going through. I love it that God puts himself as a father. I love that. And I found, men, that no matter how much you have, there's another guy that has more. You know, you go to take that new boat to the lake, inevitably there's another guy pulling his boat in at the same time. And it's bigger and faster and prettier. You can never get it all, right, guys? 
And that's what we strive. And sometimes our work gets out of balance because we've got all this paying the bills and making this money. We've got to do this and we've got to do this. And, we got, and there's a lot of pressure on us. It all is on our shoulders. Deuteronomy 6, 1 and 2 says this. These are the commands, decrees, and laws. So three things, command, decrees, and laws. The Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy long life. What? Not only am I responsible for my wife and my kids, now I'm going to be responsible for the lives of my grandkids and my great-grandkids? Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. Because the way I make decisions, the way I live, either brings blessings upon my home, blessings upon my kids' home, and blessing upon my kids' kids' home, so that they will honor God and love God and understand all of His commands and decrees. If I don't do this right... How much responsibility are on us men today? Man, my dad, let me put a picture up of him. He was perfect in my, how many of you have a, have a perfect father? You have a perfect father. My dad had a hard life. When he was three years of age, his dad was bringing the mule back from the garden. And they were coming up a rise, the mule had a yoke on it. And when they were coming up this ditch in Mississippi, it's a ditch. When they went to come up this ditch, the mule fell back on top of my grandfather, my dad's dad, and killed him when my dad was three. So my father grew up without a dad. My father, by the time he got to the third grade, he had to quit school and make money for his family. He had to help be the provider for his family as, at the age of third grade at nine years of age. So he grew up having to work really hard for everything that he ever had. His professional life, he was a carpenter. He was a very good carpenter, and he loved to build. And when I became old enough, which was about four or five, I all of a sudden became a carpenter's helper. Yeah, and I got to do all the work that the carpenters don't like doing. Yeah. I get to every morning undo all the extension cords for the day. Every morning I got to clean up the work site. Every morning I get to get the ladders out and put them up on the roof. And every morning do all that kind of thing so that whenever my dad's ready to work, everything's ready to go. Then I work hard all day with my dad. Man, we're working hard. Then we get through with work. I got to get all the extension cords, put back up the ladders, clean up the... And then we got to go home. And then we got to work in the garden until dark. So my dad involved in my life, ingrained it in me, hard, hard work. Hard working. You don't get anything without working hard. And because of my dad and, and him working so hard, I now have a very high work ethic. I do not like laziness. Can't stand it. I don't like excuses. I want us to all work. I work hard. And so my dad was also, a, as a part-time, he was a pastor. Now growing up, I'd watch my dad preach, and, and I, I first thought, I don't want anything to do with that. Because I had a young lady, she was about seven the other day, come to me after church. She said, Pastor, I heard your sermon in children's church. You're loud. You yell a lot. Are you mad? No. But sometimes I just get so excited. But something burns inside of you. And I watched my dad preach in these little small churches. He had built churches and 
I remember coming home from school many times and then going out and working on building physically another church. And it was hard. But my dad ingrained in me hard work. My dad died when I was 17 because of brain tumors. And so from the time of 17 on, I didn't have a father. And so I started, Lord, I need a father. And so I tried to find other men in the church that would be a father. And, and then I realized God, God just got me one time at an altar. He said, you don't need another father. I'm enough. I'm enough. And I believe God took my dad at an early age because I needed to learn how to trust my heavenly father and how to please him and how to work hard for him. Sometimes people tell me I look like my dad. I don't know if I do or not, but that would be a compliment to me. I've been told I act like my dad, and that also would be a compliment to me. So oftentimes, men, our kids walk in our footsteps. We need to make sure we leave good footsteps. Because they watch us, dads. They listen to what we say and how we say it and when we say it. They, they, they watch everything we're doing. And they, they, they grow up going, I want to be like my dad. He's my superhero. 1 Thessalonians 1, 5 through 7 says this, Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction, you know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And you also became a model to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. My dad modeled for me. He was a model for me. You and I are models for the next generation following in our footsteps. The Bible says they were imitators. Yeah. The Word tells us to be imitators of Christ. Men, fathers, dads, today, we need to lead our homes, be imitators of Christ in our life. Our wives and kids will follow us. We bring them to the house of God. Listen, I've had so many men, well... You know, we didn't, can't go to church because my wife didn't get up and get the kids ready. Men, you get up, get the kids ready, and help mom get them to church. My dad always helped me tie my tie on Sunday morning when I was a little boy. Yeah. I loved going to church because I got to spend more time with my dad there. Yeah. We need to lead our families to the house of God. We need to lead our families in our homes. Why? So that we keep harmony. Men, we've got to be strong yet vulnerable. We've got to be a rock, yet emotional. There's a lot to keep in harmony. I don't know why there's been this stereotype of men that we have to be hard and calloused and without emotion. No, we need to have emotion. We need to hug up our wives in front of our kids. We need to kiss our wives in front of our kids. We need to grab our kids up and hold them so tight and tell them how much we love them. Every day, sometimes three or four times a day. We've got to keep harmony in this area of our life. You've got to keep harmony in your workplace. Man, another input gear you're putting into. You've got to be the best employee because why? We're not only working for us and our employer, we're working as an example of imitating God. We've got to work extra hours sometimes. We've got to have all the responsibility at the workplace. Take the blame at the workplace. Keep all those gears working. 1 Peter 4.11 says, If anyone speaks, 
They should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and forever. Amen. Men, everything you do at your job, everything that you say, every attitude that you have, it's got to be as if you are representing God in that workplace. You've got to be able to be an example to all the other men there. This is how a man of God reacts in the workplace. I don't show up late every day. I don't go, i got to leave early. I show up early, leave late. If they need me to do something extra, I'm there because I'm representing God in this workplace. We've got to have harmony in our finances. And i got to tell you, this area leaves a lot of oil on it sometimes. It's been one of the loudest areas in most homes. A lot of friction going on there. Needs a lot of lubricity. We've got to have it this way. God first, tithe. That's not our money. You say, well, I worked for it. Yes, you did, but God gave you the ability to work for it. God gave you the breath. God gave you the strength. God gave you the mental capacity, whatever it is. God blessed you in order to earn that. We've got to give God the first fruits. And men, we need to be the main one. We make that decision. Well, I'll leave it all up to my wife. No, no, when it comes to tithe, Men, we need to step in and go, Mama, honey, baby, whatever you call your wife, you make sure we get those tithes first. I want God to bless my home. I want God's harmony in my life. You make sure we do that first. I don't care about anything else. And then you have your needs next. And then you get to buy your boats and your RVs and whatever else you want to buy. So many times people have said, Pastor, how do you have harmony in your home? What's it like? I've had so many questions this year. What's it like in a pastor's home? Heaven. It's like heaven. It's mostly just like your house. Yeah, we have issues. But I found priorities keep everything working right. I make my wife my highest priority. And it's paid off when our kids left the house. I've seen men and women get divorces when their kids leave. When our kids left, we were shouting, hallelujah. Don't come back. We did our job, leave. The word of God says, son, you shall leave your mother and your father and cling unto your wife. You've got to do this. You've got to date your wife all the time. Come home with some picked flowers off the side of the road. I don't know, whatever you do, man. But if your wife likes whatever, get her something unexpectedly. Well, it's not her birthday. Hey, that's the best time. It's not our anniversary. We'll do something unexpected. Take and spend some time with your wife and with your kids. You go, oh, I'm so tired when I come home. I am too. Pastor, you don't work like that. I worked seven years in a steel mill. I've always worked hard. I work hard at this church. And when I come home, I still got to come through the door. Have the kids, my wife, it's awesome. Spend time with them. Men, get down on the floor with your kids, with your grandkids. My grandkids walk in the house, and first thing they do, let's go upstairs and play. You know why? If they go upstairs, they got Poppy all to themselves. And guess what we do upstairs? We wrestle. We wrestle. We're holding each other. We're touching each other. We're, we're grabbing onto each other. And man, I tell you what, kids love it. 
My kids loved it. They, if, they, if you ask them what were the best times they spent with their dad, it's when I was playing with them, not when I was preaching in church. It was when I was playing with them, not when I was trying to get something done in my office. It's when I'm playing with them, spending time with them. You get on their level. And timing, keeping the timing harmonically balanced, no friction, that is everything. And I had somebody ask me, Pastor, what do you think is the greatest detriment to families today? I'm going to tell you what the greatest detriment is to families today. Technology. Technology. Some of us don't even know what our kids' faces look like. How are you doing? Fine. What are you doing? Nothing. How was school? Good. Are you hungry? Yep. Technology. And it's not just with the kids. Come on. Sometimes I see moms and dads. The kids are, you know, trying to play somewhere and moms or dads are over here checking out, see who likes something. Why do we get our, our self-worth from our social media pages? How many followers do you have and all these things? Let's just take technology and throw it aside. When you sit down for a meal, put your phones in a basket. Uh, I, when my grandkids come to my house, I'm like, no technology, no screen time at my house. We're playing, we're having fun. And I found that no matter how much you do all this, kids need us, moms and dads. Video games. We've got to be careful that we spend time with our kids and grandkids because they're going to follow in our footsteps. Cultivate relationships. As a father and a husband and just as a man, I find that my quiet time with God affects my loud time with my wife and my kids and my grandkids. I got to have some time with God, but then I got to spend some time with my wife, my kids, and my grandkids. I love spending time with my wife. I love spending time with my kids and my grandkids. Guys, we got to pray with our families. Pray with them. Don't eat a meal until you pray. Well, we don't do meals like that. Well, start. I, our greatest times were around the table, and we've lost the family table. Just eat somewhere in your room with throw it on a paper plate and eat in front of the TV, in front of the computer, in front of your phone, in front of your switch, whatever you just. Pray with your kids at bedtime. Before they go to bed, stop and pray with them. Pray with them before they go to school in the mornings. We need to pray with our kids and for our kids, and they need to hear us pray. They need to hear us call upon God. God, protect us today in the mornings. And then before they go to bed, thank God for protecting us during the day. Let them know their protection comes from God. The blessings of your home comes from God. The marriage you have in front of them comes from God. I remember one time my daughter, she got mad at me and Sandy. When she got married, she got mad at us. She goes, why? I said, why are you mad? She said, Dad, I'm mad at you. And Mom, I said, why? She said, because I thought that when you got married, you never fussed. You and Mom never had an argument in front of us. I said, well, very, very seldom have an argument, but we decided we weren't going to argue in front of our kids. Moms and dads today, stop having knockdown and drag outs in front of your kids. Stop calling each other's names and all this. We need to stop that. Show your kids unity. Show your kids a united front. That way they won't divide and conquer you. 
The kids aren't in control. We're the big people in the house. I'm just trying to give you almost 43 years of wisdom here. We need to make sure that we pray for them in the mornings, pray for them at night. I've known three kinds of dads in the world. I call them traffic light dads. There's some dads that are red light, man, stop, don't, 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 stop, no, no, no. That's all you ever hear from dads. Stop, don't, no, no, no. And then you have the dads that are kind of yellow lights. They're like, well, just be careful. Dad, I'm going to jump off the roof of the house. Well, be careful. Be cautious. Have you thought it all the way through? Just take your time. Be careful. Yeah. Then you got the dad sometimes that just, hey, dad, we're going to go play with knives. Go ahead. Just go. Green light dads. They just go approve everything. We don't care. As long as you're not bothering us, just go. Just go. Just go. Yeah. I think, dads, we need to be better than that. I think we need to lead our family in values and decision-making. We need to lead our kids through life, have fun with them, yes, but there are times you've got to say no. You're not their, you're not their greatest friend. You're their greatest dad. And I have found that kids love it when they know they are loved. And you love me enough sometimes to say no. You love me enough to say, wait a minute. Let's not, let's not do this right now. You're not old enough. How many know today kids, by the time they're six, are old enough to do everything? You need to tell them you're not old enough. You can't do that. And guys, it's a challenge to keep all this going. And the problem is with us men is we never let anybody else know if one of these gears gets locked up. Because we have this man pride thing going on. How's it going? It's going great. Couldn't be better. How's your wife? Oh, she's good. How's your kids? Never been better. How's your finances? Top shelf. How's your job? Mmm, boss couldn't love me more. And reality is, one of those gears is probably out of harmonic balance and there's a lot of torsional vibration going on. Timing gets off. And when timing gets off, everything gets messed up. You need a new timing chain. Because guys, I found out it's not how you say it, when you say it, and what you say, but it is how you say what you say and when you say it. Timing, timing. The tone of your voice, the look on your face, the words you choose. I have adults in my office today that remember their dad using one word at one time and it has stuck with them their whole life. Pastor, I've never gotten over my dad telling me this. How old were you? Seven. And it's still, it's still there. We've got to be careful how we say, what we say, and when we say. And there's a lot going on. And me and today, I'm on your side. I live the same kind of life you do. I have all these gears going on, and then I got church gears that got to add to that. All the staff gears, all the church gears, all the ministry gears. I got a board meeting tomorrow night. I got to keep all those guys going in the right direction. They think they're keeping me going in the direction. I'm keeping them going in the right. I don't know who's doing what, but something's got to happen. 
And then I've got daycare and all that going on and DHS and laws and stuff and, and all the salaries have to be paid and it's all the weights on my shoulders. And, and then and on top of all that, I've got to make sure that everything's going well with my grandkids. I mean, guys, we're the output gear. And sometimes we just may make one turn, but everything else just starts spinning. And sometimes it spins out of control. We go, what happened? How did it get like this? How did we get all seized up? Nothing's working right. Nothing's going right. And you got to go back to this one thing right here. Have I surrendered it all to God? Have I surrendered it all to God? And man, the greatest thing you can do is give your life to God. I'm telling you. You want your wife to love you more? Be a man of God. You want your kids to love you more? Be a man of God. You want God to bless you in your workplace? Be a man of God. The Bible says that He will bless our going out and our coming in. He blesses us when we lay down and when we rise up. Our feet become ordered by God. And today, men, it's okay to say, hey, pastor, this gear right here messed up. The teeth have gotten busted off of it. It's not spinning anymore. This part of my life is just not working. It's okay to say that. I want the men to come back and help me. My heart today, because I'm such... Uh, I love fathers. I love men. And I have found the way the men of the church goes is the way the church goes. Well, doing work at church, that's a woman's job. No, it's not. It's only a woman's job because only the women have been doing it for generations and generations. The men need to step up. It's time for the men to say, wait a minute, working at the church is a man's job. We need to be the one teaching the classes. We need to be the one leading the ministries. Yeah. Because we've got to get the gears of the church working just right. There's got to be harmony in the church. No torsional vibrations. Boy, the enemy's always trying to come along and have torsional vibrations in the church. Somebody say something, and boy, somebody else will take and go, did you hear what they said? Did you hear what they said to me? The devil's a liar. I want you to stand with me this morning, church. We're going to have a time of worship. And I want especially every man in this house to begin to ask God. First of all, is my heart right with you? Is my heart right with you, God? That's the most important thing. Second thing is, there's something in my life that's just not where it should be. It's not working right. So we're going to give you a moment. We're going to give you some time, and I want everybody in this house to worship with us. Turn that off. And I want everybody to start letting the Holy Spirit to deal with us because the Holy Spirit loves you. The Holy Spirit cares about you. And He's here today to help us. So in the next few minutes, can we let our Father touch our hearts of our fathers today? I search the world.
but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise, treasures that fade are never enough. Oh, but then you came along, hallelujah, and you put me back together. for us to submit to the Lord. Let him have his way in our lives. I'm not afraid to show you my weakness, my failures and flaws. Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Because the God of the mountain, hallelujah, is the God of the valley. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Lord, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Oh, church, there's nothing. this church in worship. Men need to lead this church in praise. Men need to look at our wives and our kids. Follow me as I follow Christ. Hallelujah. Because there's nothing impossible to God. Hallelujah. Here's what God does. You turn morning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only Nothing, church, better than God. He can take your family from morning to dancing. He can take your marriage from dry bones to living again. 
He can take your job and put you on the top part of it. Amen? That's what God does. Here we go. You give morning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only, you're the only one who can. You turn grace, hallelujah. Oh, you turn bones. Thank you, God. You turn seas into highways. You're the Come on, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. He's the only one. And men, we have all hell coming against us. And we got to fight. We got to fight these battles. And sometimes we do it by ourselves. This is how we fight our battles. And sometimes we do them by ourselves. You know why? Because sometimes we don't want our wives to see that we're weak. Sometimes we don't want our wives to see that we're struggling. Sometimes we don't want anybody else to know what's really going on in all the gears of our mind. But God knows. God knows. And so this morning, I want to invite every man in this church to come and stand across the front right here. Because I'm, I'm not going to just say, okay, if you got a problem, no, no. I want every man in this place, whether you're a father or not, it doesn't matter. I want you to come, every man, because the enemy knows if I can destroy the man, I can destroy the family. I can destroy a home. I can destroy a church. God flows through the man to the women and to the children. Come on up closer, guys. I want you to make room for everybody. Come on, men. And I want to tell you how to fight. You do not fight against your wife. You don't fight against your kids. You don't fight against each other. You don't fight against your boss. You spiritually fight. We got a man that's a new dad right here. Beautiful, beautiful family. There's been some battles. Been some tears cried. You're not alone. See, men, we are not alone. Justin, you're not alone, are you? I got to tell you, I was going to wait till next Sunday. But last Monday, man, little Callan, remember we've been praying for him? Cancer. Last Monday, I got, come on, Justin, tell me what happened last. He went back for a checkup last Monday. What happened? Got her bored out working. <laughs> they wanted him to have at least a 17 on what? What was that 17 for? Some number. Anyway, 17. He says, I'm not going to do 17. Callan says, I got 18 in me. Cancer free. Praise God. Woo! I don't want them to think they're by themselves. You got other men that's going to help you out. We all are going to men. We're going to be together on this thing. We can share and we can pray with each other. But this is how we fight. I want you guys to sing it with me. I need all you women out there to help me out. Come on, this is the come on. This is how I fight my battles. Don't fight your wife. Don't fight your kids. Come on. Oh, this is how I fight my battles. Mm. Oh, this is how I fight my battles. 
We carry it to who? Our Father. This is how I fight my battles. It may look like, sometimes it does. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by Him, oh Lord. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by You. It may look like, it may look like men. You're surrounded by cops. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. It may look like I'm This is how I fight my battles. 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 Oh, it may look like, it may look like I'm Lord, I'm surrounded by you, Lord. It may look like surrounded by you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want every one of you men, just reach over to the man next to you and just put your hand on their shoulder. Can you do that? Just put your hand on the next man's shoulder. Up here, put your hand on the next man's shoulder. Oh, this is how we fight our battles. Hallelujah. Come on. Oh, this is how we fight our battles. This is how we fight our battles. Yes, this is how we fight our battles. I'm not alone. I got other men going to pray with me. Hallelujah. Oh, this is how we fight It may look like I'm surrounded, surrounded by you, oh Lord. It may look like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. This is how we fight our battles. This is how we fight our battles, arm in arm. This is how we fight our battles. Oh. Today, this is how we fight our battle. Men don't ever think you're alone. You got a whole army of men with you. This is how we fight our battle. Now I want us to do this. Take your hand off the shoulders of your man and just lift them up right now. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Sing it. I so 
surrender to him. We got to get this right first. Hallelujah. Father, today I submit my life to you. I'm fresh and anew. Father, today I want you to help me in every area of my life. Lord, I want you to keep, help me to keep harmony in my home and in the workplace. Harmony in my finances. Harmony in my home. I want you to help me today to love my wife like I've never loved her before. Love my kids like I've never loved them before. Today, God, I want you to help me. Hallelujah. To be. Just play it. Just play it. Today, just give your life to God afresh and anew. Give your heart to Him afresh and anew. So, God, I'm sorry if I've let things get out of balance. I'm sorry, God, if I need to make sure to get this, this gear back into play. Lord, help me today to keep everything running smooth. Running smooth in my mind, in my home, in my job, in my finances, in my body. Everything I do, Everything I am, I surrender to you right now. Come on now, let's one more time. Let's just lift our voices and sing it to you. I surrender all. I surrender. I surrender all. Hallelujah. I surrender all. Oh, Father, today I want to pray over all of our men. I want to pray over all of our dads. I want them to know that they do not have to do this by themselves. That they don't have to be alone. But God, I pray that every one of these men understand that we, it's hard to keep everything going at the same time. It seems like we get all of this area going and this area going, then this area is messed up. It's okay. It's okay. We just got to then come back to the presence of God. Say, God, help me with my relationship with my wife. Help me with my relationship with my Father, I don't know what to do. These kids are bringing decisions to me. I don't know what to do. Help me, Father. Father, help me with my finances. Lord, help me at my workplace. Seems like I do everything I do is wrong. God, help me to find favor in my employer's eyes. God, give me the wisdom I need. God, help me today to make you first in my heart and my home. If I seek you first, then all these other gears will get in the right place. Holy Spirit, come into my life and and bring the oil of the anointing into my heart and life and keep all these gears oiled and going in the precious name of Jesus. I know that as a man myself, I feel so all alone so many times. Nobody understands what I'm going through. Nobody will understand. I can't be human to anybody else. I've got to be superhuman. I'm the one that has to have all the answers. I'm the one that has to always be in a good mood. 
I'm the one that always has to do everything right. And men, we just can't do it right all the time. Can I get you to look at me for a second? We got some great young men up here. You guys watch your dads, don't you? Yeah. Boy, they're shaking their heads. Yes, hard. Not only do they watch their dads, but they watch all the other men in the church. And we got a lot of boys nowadays, men, that need a daddy. We got a lot of single moms in this church who have kids. We need not only be dads to our kids, but dads to their kids too. Say, hey, I'll take your kids to get an ice cream cone with mine. Load them up and let's go. I love you, men. I love you guys. And you guys made this an awesome day. And you guys made this an awesome day. Thank you so much for being here Father's Day 2021. I hope and pray that something that was said, something that was done, a song that was sung, something resonated within your heart, and you'll take it out of here with you. I hope that this illustration of gears kind of helps some things out in your life, and you kind of see where everything's going. Because we do bear a lot of responsibility. We're the output gear. But God's helping us, amen? God will help us. So I want all of you men to give each other a shaking of hands. We're going to sing Good God Almighty one more time. And you got the bass on this one, Doug? Okay. You guys sing. You guys can shake hands with each other. You guys out there, come up here and tell all of these men how awesome they are. Tell them they're all superheroes. And as you guys leave, we got gifts for you. As a matter of fact, for every person here today, we got something for everybody, but especially for the men. Here we go. sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.